had a had a tremendous trip, one of the best I've ever had. The Lord anointed it. The Lord blessed it. There was more given on that trip. Our young men that came, they gave they gave to the to the young people that were there. They had two Albanians with us, Bolero, a young preacher from Brother Aaron's church in Saranda, and Bolero was there, very, very sincere, ready to serve the Lord, and already is, serving his pastor, serving the church. God saved him about a year ago and called him to preach, and he's, and he's never missed a beat. And uh, just Brother Aaron told me, he said, you know, he said, he, it was just amazing. He said, the Lord just sent him. He said, just one day there he was, and then God saved him and called him to preach, and I don't even know how to understand it all. I said, I know, I understand. These folk just one day, they just came, and <laughs> they never left. And, uh, and then a little young man named uh, Roni, Ronaldo, we called him Roni. He didn't speak hardly any English except, uh, where are you from, bro? Where are you from, bro? And he would say, Akuna Matata. Stop, go. That's just a handful of words. Of course, probably him listening to us sounded about the same. We could say thank you and Bible and and it's nothing, no problem, stuff like that. But we had a uh, we had a tremendous time. Our young men gave towards them young men. Our young men bought meals and they bought hotels for them and they helped and then our adults did. And it was just a, a week of giving and pouring out, and prayer. We had prayer in all of these towns. The Lord met with us. It was a week we were on the move, never stayed in one place more than one night. Brother Aaron had seven cities in his heart, and I added one to that. I said, there's a place I want to take these men to, Pogradets. And I'd been there several times, but I wanted them to go. And, and uh, so eight cities that we were in, we were going through different ones, but eight cities that were our goal when we got there. We wanted to have prayer. We wanted to pass out Bibles and, and tracts and talk with the people. And everywhere we went, the Lord gave us a, God gave us a divine appointment. And we met some man or someone and we were able to talk with them. And, and uh, we stopped by a little, we stopped by a little roadside cafe on our way from Cucas, way up on top of the mountain. And uh, winding roads, switchbacks and We'd stop by this little roadside cafe uh, in between Kukas and Peshkopi. And uh, we stopped to eat, stopped to sightsee, really take some pictures. And we looked, and there was a little, little uh, just a restaurant all by itself. I mean, miles from anything. Uh, probably the, uh, the best food I've ever ate in Albania uh, was that day on that mountain. But uh, the woman who came out, she was, she was real hard, real coarse, real short. And as we, as we began to leave, after we had ate, we went in and we just bragged. This is so nice, so nice. Shoot me here, shoot me here. Very good, so nice. I'm learning Albanian. And uh, this, was, this was my 10th trip. This was my 10th trip over there. And uh, anyways, we, uh, we began to talk to her and handed her a Bible. The boys went out and played. She had two little boys. And uh, they played football, soccer with them. And basketball, and uh, and we we talked to her, gave her a Bible, and she began to. And there's no telling what that book will do. There's no telling. That's a living book this morning. What well, look what God did for you with the Bible. No telling what God will do 
And so I appreciate you praying for us. We, I can tell you this morning, story after story after story. And uh, I want you to take your Bibles to the book of Romans this morning. Romans chapter number one. Uh, we have not forgotten. I don't feel I need to say this, but we've not forgotten. Uh, we're, we're in the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes. I feel this morning the Lord would have me to be in Romans chapter one. Tonight we'll have the Lord's Supper immediately after you pray for me. I, we flew in. I, our plane landed at right at nine o'clock last night, and uh, we we all um, we all we were all going because of the time change. Uh, when we landed, it was uh, right at nine. So what would that have been? Three o'clock in the morning uh, in Albania time. By the time I got home, it was right at six o'clock in the morning Albania time. Uh, so we, we pretty much missed the day. I don't know where that day went, but it went in time travel. Uh, we, we missed the day. We lost the day. Uh, we, we, left at, we left at 12 o'clock noon Saturday in Albania, 12 o'clock noon their time, which was, uh, which was 6 o'clock in the morning. No, 3 o'clock in the morning, y'all's time. And we, no? Six-hour difference. What did I say? Six o'clock in the morning, right? my original statement, yeah. We flew out six o'clock in the morning y'all's time and, and landed eight o'clock in the evening y'all's time, almost nine, so we was on the plane, lost the whole day. And I, I, I got home last night late, and we got in bed, got unpacked, got in bed, and as soon as church lets out tonight, I am headed back to Atlanta. I'm preaching tonight, I am, uh, the pastor texted me this morning, uh, it's, a, it's like a watch night service, it's, a Labor Day weekend watch night service, and it starts uh, at eight o'clock, and I am the eleven o'clock preacher. And so, uh, at some point, I'm going to try to sleep, but it don't look like it's going to happen today. Romans chapter number one, are you there? Let's stand a minute. Romans one. I'll uh, I'll do my best to preach quickly to you. I just want to hit some things I've got circled here. Paul a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God, which he had promised afore by his prophets in the holy scriptures, concerning his son Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh and declared to be the son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead, by whom we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name, among whom are ye also the called of Jesus Christ. I think that'll be enough reading this morning. Really just want to preach verse one, bring out some truths out of verse one. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you this morning for your goodness and your grace and your mercy. Thank you for how you've met with us, Lord. What a, <clears throat> what a wonderful time in the presence of the Lord. And I needed it, Lord, and I'm grateful that you let us be a part of what you're doing. I pray, Lord, this morning that you'd help us as we endeavor for just these few moments to preach your word. God, give me, give me unction, give me wisdom, give me understanding. Lord, we thank you this morning in Christ's name. Amen. You can be seated. Uh, I, I really don't have a title to my thought this morning. <clears throat> I, I really just circled some words uh, and I want to bring out some truth 
uh, in regards to these words and make application to you this morning and to me and I'll, I'll let you go to the house. And, and really, <clears throat> the majority of the preaching uh, will be found in Romans chapter one and verse number one in the introductory uh, statements or remarks uh, from the Apostle Paul. Uh, I, I, I guess if, if I had to title it, uh, I, I would, and I hate to use this term, but what it was or what uh, some, some attributes that attributed to the greatness of Paul. Uh, and, and I hate to use that term because that, it's hard to call another man outside of the Lord Jesus great because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All are sinners. We're, we're all nothing uh, apart from the goodness and the grace of God. How many of you believe that this morning? You better believe that this morning. If you don't believe that this morning, you've never been born again. Uh, if you're still if you're still trying to work uh, your way in and work it out and work it forth uh, and be something uh, on your own, uh, uh, you're apart from the grace of God. Uh, but if you ever come to the end of yourself, if you come to the end of your ability and you cast yourself at the mercy of God, Lord, I am nothing without you. I am a sinner apart from the grace of God. Hallelujah, he's in the saving business of saving sinners, but you'll have to be a sinner before you ever get saved. That's what's wrong with many people. If I can say it that way, they've never realized that they were a sinner. Uh, and uh, that don't sit well in their heart uh, to say, well, I'm a sinner. I, uh, I, I don't know uh, why. Uh, some would say that I have to admit that I'm a sinner because without being a sinner, there's no need of being saved. And uh, you're a sinner of the worst sort this morning. You're a sinner of the worst kind. You're a sinner that deserves the hottest part of hell. But Jesus is the savior of the only kind. He's the savior of the best kind. He's the savior uh, that can save you uh, and take you from the hottest part of hell and put you in the heavenliness of heaven and give you the goodness of God in your life. Amen. So I don't know if that's a good way to say it. Maybe, maybe let's, let's, let's try to come up with a better, uh, and I'm just working this out with you. I'm really, uh, I'm really not putting on any kind of front or show. I'm being honest when I say I don't even have a, uh, and I think I've got a little bit of an excuse. I flew in so late last night, uh, I didn't have time to give you a title. So we're just working it out together. Uh, I, I, maybe we could say uh, some attributes that made Paul useful. I, that, that'll work, let's do that. Some things that made him useful in the ministry. Uh, I, I wanna be uh, useful to God. Uh, I wanna be useful uh, to the church. I, wanna, I, wanna, I want God to be able to use me uh, and me not be in the way. Uh, and if we're gonna be used by God, uh, we all know this, he's gonna use us in spite of us, not because of us. Can I get an amen right there? God's gonna use me in spite of me, uh, not because of me. And you might as well go ahead and figure that out this morning. You're not the best. You're not the best fitted for the job. You're not the best called. Uh, God didn't look around and say, let me find the best. I'll call him or her. You're not the best. You're not even, you're not even in second place 
or third place. As a matter of fact, God just picked all of us up out of the bottom. God just piled all of us up from the, from the bottom uh, and used us to the glory of God. You say, I don't believe that. You need to read 1 Corinthians chapter number one. God hath not chosen, uh, God hath chosen the foolish things of the world uh, to confound the wise. If God's using you, uh, it's because you were so foolish, it's a smack in the devil's face every time you do something for the glory of God. He said, how in the world could you use somebody like that? God said, all the high and mighty devil, you can use them. All the big shots, you can have them. All of the crowd that thinks they can do it without me, go ahead and use them. And God got a crowd that was on the bottom and said, I'll take the least among you and use them to do the greatest things for the glory of God. First Corinthians chapter one, I dare you to go home and read it. The foolish things of the world, the weak things, the things that are not to bring to naught the things that are. 1 Corinthians chapter number one. If God's gonna use you this morning, if God's gonna use me, it's because we were nothing and God's making something out of us for the glory of God. I think I'm in pretty good company this morning. I don't fit in anywhere else, but bless his name, I'm enjoying fitting in at the church. I don't stand out anywhere else, but bless his name, I'm glad to be in the number down at the house of God. If you deserve it, you probably are not a candidate. If you think it's owed you, you probably ain't ever gonna get it. If you think you ought to, it probably ain't ever gonna be within your hands to serve the Lord. But if you think, God, choose somebody else other than me, I can't. God, I don't know how. God, I'm not able. You, you, you probably are next in line to do something for the Lord because you realize without him, I am nothing. So I, I, I guess that's what we'll preach this morning, some attributes that made Paul useful. Uh, you want to circle some things in your Bible? You want to write some notes? I'll give you the first one this morning. His name, Paul, made him useful. How in the world, preacher, are you going to tell me that his name made him useful? Paul, he starts off this letter to the church at Rome, the book of Romans, uh, and he addresses them to let them know who he is. And he signs it at the beginning as the custom was of those days. They didn't wait till the, you got to the end to find out who it was that wrote the letter. They put their name on the front so you know who he was reading after uh, before you ever got to the end. And so he signs his name at the beginning of the letter and he signs it Paul. And here's my uh, alliterated point just to help you uh, in your in your note-taking, uh, uh, what made him useful, number one, was his stature. His stature. Uh, the name Paul literally means small or little. Small or little. That was what the word or the name Paul means. Something that is small. Something that is little. Uh, that was what that name meant. You say, well, why is that significant? Because that is not the name that Paul 
uh, was associated with uh, until after his conversion uh, and his call into the ministry. Uh, I, I, I studied, and you can study it, and you'll find out uh, Paul was probably born with that name Paul, uh, but it was his Roman name. Paul was born in Tarsus. It was, uh, it was ruled by Rome, and Paul was a Roman citizen. And Paul was his Roman name. It was the name given to him uh, as a Roman citizen, but a name also given to him as a Jew uh, was Saul. And the name Saul means one to be desired. It was a name given in honor of Israel's king Saul who stood head and shoulders above all of the rest. He was a man of wealth, a man of power, a man of influence, a man of prestige and Paul carried his name as a Jew among the Jews, a a Jew of the tribe of Benjamin, a, a man who had kept the law, a Pharisee of sorts, Paul describes himself in Philippians. He had gone with that Jewish name because with that name stood prominence in the community. Paul was someone with that name. His stature, though it may not have been tall in the height of his person, but in his, in his name, uh, he was very tall among his brethren. Uh, his name was associated with wealth and standing and somebody. And, and, and everybody wants to be somebody somewhere doing something that is recognized. And his name, Saul, was one to be desired. But God saved him. God filled him with the Holy Ghost. God called him into the ministry. And when God did, uh, God called him to be a preacher to the Gentiles. And the Holy Ghost in Acts chapter 13 changed his name right in the middle of writing the scripture. And he quit becoming Saul and they started calling him Paul, which goes from being one who is desired to one who is little. You say, preacher, how does that make Paul useful? His stature in who it is that he thinks he is made him useful for God. One of the greatest things that ever could happen for me and could happen for you and could happen for us if we quit trying to be somebody that we're not, quit trying to be somebody that we think we ought to be, quit trying to be somebody big and be what God wants us to be and that is small before the Lord. His stature. God changed his name. Though it was his name to begin with, he began to use that name that was demeaning. He began to use that name that was of Roman descent and not Hebrew descent. He began to use that name that meant something little instead of something big. The Bible said this only by, and I don't want to misquote it, but I may, uh, you can look it up later, uh, by pride cometh contention. Do you know why we fight with people we're married to? We fight with people that we live amongst. We fight with people we go to church with. We're in uproars because two people are trying to be big. Two people are trying to win. Everybody is so proud that they've got to be number one. But God can use you when you quit trying to be Saul and you let God make you Paul. Are you hearing me this morning? 
Uh, let me give you some verses and I'll give them to you quickly and we'll move on to the second one. Uh, second Corinthians, and I didn't, I didn't even uh, uh, mark them. I just, I just got them written down. I'm gonna look at them as you do. Second Corinthians chapter 11, verse number five. Notice what Paul says about himself in Second Corinthians 11, verse five. For I suppose I was not a wit behind the very chiefest apostles. Uh, I don't know, I, I know what he's saying, uh, but I also know what he's saying. And don't forget, he was human. And he said, uh, I, I'm pretty sure I wasn't a split second, I wasn't a, I wasn't a small particle. Wit is the smallest particle imaginable. He said, I wasn't, a, I wasn't one iota behind the very chief of apostles. I, I think he's a, uh, uh, if I'm reading that right, uh, I think he's pretty proud uh, of who he is. Uh, I'm no, I'm no more behind you. Or y'all, y'all talk back to me now. I, you're no better than me, is what he said. Second, I ain't behind anybody. I'm doing just as good as the next. Uh, oh, how proud we are! How stiff-necked. We are, how, how self-assured we are. Well, now, I'm no worse than anybody else. I'm, they're no better than me. I'm, I'm, I'm just a good preacher as they are. I'm just as good a singer as they are. I'm just as good a musician as they are. I'm just as good of a church member as they are. You better quit your measuring who you are up to them and up to me, and me up to you, because you are not the measurement, and neither am I. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Look what he said in the next chapter, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 11. I am become a fool in glorying. Ye have compelled me, for I ought to have been commended of you. <laughs> for in nothing am I behind the very chiefest apostles, Oh, I be nothing. I'm nothing, but I'm something. Verse 11, I'll read it again. I'm become a fool in glory, and you have compelled me, for I ought to have been commended of you. You should have commended me. For in nothing, there's not one area that I am behind the very chiefest apostles. I'm behind no one. You should have commended me. I know I'm nothing, but you should have commended me. I am not behind anyone. Oh, it's getting quiet in here this morning. Let's look at another verse. I may not even finish the message this morning. I'll just just go until I'm done. Uh, Ephesians chapter number three and verse number eight this morning. Unto me, who am less than the least of all saints, Sounds to me like as Paul is progressing, his opinion of who he is is changing. Unto me, who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. A moment ago he was comparing himself to the apostles. Now he's comparing himself to Christ and he said, I am less than the least of all of the saints. He's getting smaller and smaller 
smaller. Let me, let me give you another text this morning. First Timothy chapter number one. First Timothy chapter number one and verse number 15. I'll, I'll get there about the same time you do. First Timothy chapter number one and verse number 15. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. He said, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not behind one apostle in 2 Corinthians. And then he said, I'm less than the least. And then in 1 Timothy, in chapter one, verse 15, he said, out of all them sinners, I am chief. Now, how do you go from I'm just as good as you to, well, I'm not really that good, to I'm the worst among us. He just kept getting smaller and smaller and smaller, living up to his name. I think that's what happened to John the Baptist. John the Baptist started his ministry and thousands come around, thousands gathered around. They were, getting, they, were, they, were, they were getting baptized by John the Baptist and one day Jesus walked on the scene and the whole crowd turned from John. He got put in prison and beheaded and they began to praise Jesus. And you say, what is it that you're saying? What I'm telling you this morning is that if you wanna be usable by God, quit getting bigger and bigger bigger and bigger and let God make you smaller and smaller and smaller. His stature. As long as you're eat up with pride, you'll never get along with anybody. As long as you can't admit wrong, you'll never be used. As long as you can't say, I am, there's some of you around here, I love you dearly, but I don't, I think I'd have a heart attack. This is the big one, Elizabeth. If, if, and only, only a portion of y'all know what I'm talking about. Uh, I think I'd have a heart attack if I ever heard the words come out of your mouth, I was wrong. I am sorry. And the people you're married to would sure enough have a, have a heart attack if they ever heard you say, I am sorry and meant it. They'd have a heart attack, sure as the world. Would you say that again, Daddy? What did you say? I didn't hear you. Mom, what was it that you just said? Would you repeat that again? I mean, you'd have, we'd have personal revival at the house if we quit trying to win everything. I, I know I've been preaching on this for a little while, but I think it's time we just hang out here for a little while. If, if you quit trying to always win, always know, always be right, and just be willing to admit, I don't know everything, I'm not good at everything, I don't understand everything, I am wrong, I am sorry. It is a useful attribute. It's how you get along in the church world. Be wrong when you're not wrong. Be wrong when you're not sure you're wrong. Be wrong when you, when you might be wrong. I, uh... I remember when I was a kid getting a whipping one time for something I didn't do. Anybody ever got one for something you didn't do? Probably. Some of you said, what is the whipping? I know, that's what's wrong. Uh, I got one for something I didn't do. I was so mad. And, and you got kind of a right to be angry, you know. You didn't do it. You got in trouble. And Daddy said something to me. Well, 
you, 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 you probably got by with enough I didn't know about. That this is for that. And I, I don't think that still set well with me. I got by with that. You didn't know about that. And what you just whipped me for, I had nothing to do with. Uh, and I understand where he's coming from. I don't know that I agree with him, but in the church world, you might not be wrong, but you've been wrong enough. You might not be at fault, but it's been your fault enough. In your marriage, you might be right this time, but you've been wrong before. It, with your children, you might be right. Young people, you might be right right now, but you've been wrong before. And sometimes the greatest thing you can do is quit trying to be so big and take the little place. You'll be used by God in the church. You'll be used by God in your family. It sure is quiet this morning. Submit yourself one to another. Yield yourselves one to another. Prefer one another. You want to be used by God? You're going to have to quit being the big man or the big woman on campus. You're going to have to quit being large and in charge. You're going to have to quit being bossy and controlling and domineering of everything. You're going to have to quit. You're going to have to quit being the one who has to have control. You have to quit being the one who is right all the time because nobody believes that because there ain't nobody right all the time. Paul went from Saul to Paul. God changed his stature. God changed his stature. If you want to be used by God this morning, let God take you from being something desired to something little. Now, you might not want to be used by God. And if you don't, keep on doing what you're doing. But if you want God to use you, John said it best, I must decrease. He must increase. Are y'all still with me this morning? All right, let me give you the second one quickly. And I'm mindful of the time, probably more than you are. 2 Timothy, or I'm sorry, Romans chapter number one. Let's go back there. I'll give you the next one real quick. Romans chapter number one. Paul, a servant. Here's the second thing I underlined this morning, and I want you to see it. I want you to notice his servant or his service made him usable to God. Paul, a servant. Now, I'll read you a text this morning. We're bouncing around a little bit. Exodus chapter number 21, and it'll illustrate uh, it'll illustrate what Paul is saying in Romans chapter one, Exodus chapter number 21, and I'll read you six verses this morning, and, 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 and we'll look at verse one, Exodus 21 verse one. Now these are the judgments which thou shalt set before them. If thou buy an Hebrew servant, six years he shall serve, and in the seventh he shall go out free for nothing. So you can only own a man and in the Hebrew custom, you can only own a servant if he sells himself into slavery. He can't pay his debt. He sells himself into slavery to you because he couldn't pay that debt and he, you'll be, he'll be your servant but for only six years. On the seventh year, he gets to go free and he don't owe you anything. He paid off that debt in them six years of service and now he owes you nothing. 
and he can go free. Verse three, if he came in by himself, he shall go out by himself. If he, shall, if he were married, then his wife shall go out with him. If when he came to you, he had a wife, then he gets to take her with him. If he came by himself, he goes out by himself. Verse four, if his master have given him a wife and she have borne him sons or daughters, the wife and her children shall be her masters and he shall go out by himself. Verse five, and if the servant shall plainly say, I love my master, my wife and my children, I will not go out free. Then his master shall bring him unto the judges. He shall also bring him to the door, unto the doorpost. And his master shall bore his ear through with an awl, and he shall serve him forever. Now there's the illustration this morning. Paul, a servant. Not only his stature, but his service. Exodus 21, quickly. A man comes to a place because he's in debt, he becomes a slave. When he gets there, he finds out his life is better as a servant to this master than it was as a free man uh, somewhere else. This man's given him a wife, this man's given him children. This man's given him a home better than his home. He's given him stuff that is better than the stuff he had. His life is better because of being a servant than it was when he was free to do what he wanted to do outside of the gates, outside of the camp. Can we stop right here and shout? It's better on the inside than it ever was on the outside. I'd rather be a servant of the Lord than to be free to live in my sin because the man living in sin is a servant to his sin. And so he said, Master, you've been so kind to me. (laughs) Master, you've given me a wife that I didn't have. And she's more children that I didn't have. And together we have a home. And our home is much better here than what it was like over there. It's so good to be here with you. I'll just be honest. If, 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 if you're going to give me the option, I think I'll just hang around here. <laughs> if it's up to me, I'd just rather be your servant than be out there on my own. And so the master said, all right, well, we'll make it official. And he bores his ear with an awl, and that is his way of saying, I belong to him, he's my master, and this is my home, and it's an official done deal. Paul gets to Romans and he said, I was free out there, but it wasn't any count. And I have made myself, I have attached myself, I have brought myself in the form and the place of a servant of the Lord Jesus. I'm not serving him against my will. I'm serving him because I want to. I'm not doing this because I have to. I'm doing it because I get to. Some of us in church It's all still a drag. Sometimes I might would question the sincerity of your salvation if living for Jesus is a drag. Church is a drag. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, telling folks about Jesus, tithing and giving and doing that which is asked of you. Such a drag. And then every now and then you'll run into somebody and they say, I was out there and it just wasn't no good. 
And one day the Lord brought me in here because I had a debt I couldn't pay. <laughs> and Jesus paid my debt. And Jesus gave me a home. And Jesus gave me a wife. And Jesus gave me children. And Jesus gave me a life. Is anybody hearing me? And I think I'm just going to stay with Jesus. I, I think it's better to be a doorkeeper in the house of God than to dwell in the tents of the wicked, the psalmist said. It's no drag. There's been times I have questioned if what I was doing was worthwhile. There's been times I've questioned if I was in the will of God. There's been times I've questioned and I've gone home from pastoring Crossroads Baptist Church and I have said, I've made me done. Is God still using me? There's been times I've been defeated and discouraged. But I'm gonna be honest with you this morning, I don't remember. If there has been, I don't remember a time where I've ever said, God, you've mistreated me. God, you've not been good to me and I don't want to live for you anymore. There's a big difference. God, I don't know if I can go on is different than God, I don't want to go on with you. I worry about folks who's always wanting to quit on God. I want to ask you something this morning. Why are you always wanting to quit on God? It may be because you don't know him yet. And if you ever found out how good he was, if you ever entered, somebody ought to help me this morning. If you ever entered into his grace, if you ever felt the flow of his mercy from Calvary's cross, if you ever knew the goodness of God, how in the world could you ever want to go back to what God brought you out of? Serve. Understand backsliding. Understand getting cold and indifferent. But a desire to leave the things of God. He's been so good. If you want to be used by God, just lay your ear down on an altar. Say, God, it's better here than it is out there. You just mark me and make me yours. That'd be a good thing this morning for some of you young men. We got over there to Pogradets this, this last week and I, I, I was talking to those men. I won't finish this morning, I'm done. I was talking to those men and the, the young men and all and I said, this is my favorite city in Albania. It's, it's, a, it's a big town with a country feel. You can, go, you can go two minutes outside of town anyway and there's farms and fields and farmers and, and but you're right there in the town and it's a friendly and kind big lake in front. I said if I was gonna pick anywhere in Albania to go, if God would call me to go, I'd go there. That's where I'd live probably uh, over any of it. And Brother Aaron said, well boys, if one of y'all's gonna choose this and you better go ahead, this is a nice one. Somebody's gonna come along and get it. If you, if you want it, you better call it now. We sat down out there and had prayer. I looked at my son. I looked at Tyler. I looked at Brother Seth. These three men, young men, and coming up, and then Brother Seth. And I said, I want y'all to know something. I said, I'm not trying to call you here. Absolutely, I'm not. Because if God wants you to go to Albania, he can send you to Albania and you've never been on a mission trip there in your life. If you think God can't come to Augusta and say, I want you to go there without you going there to see it for the first time, you don't know God. You don't need to go to Albania to get God to call you anywhere. 
I said, I want y'all to know, did I not? I'm not trying to get y'all called in. As a matter of fact, I want y'all to stay right here in Augusta, Georgia and serve God with me as long as God lets me do it. That's what I want. But here's what I know. He's a big God and he can go anywhere he wants and call you anywhere. He might send you to Africa. He might send you to Argentina. He might send you to Alabama. He might send you to Augusta. That's his business. I said, but here's what I want you to be here for. Here's why I want you here. I want you to be here because I want you to be willing to look around and say, God, I'll go wherever you want me to go. And I said, right here in Pogradets, Albania, I said it'd be a blessing this morning if every one of us would just tell God I surrender all one more time. I want you to know, God, whatever you want, wherever you want, whenever you want, that's what I want. I give myself to you. You say, what is that? That is laying your ear down against the altar and saying, God, I am your servant. Use me however you see fit. If you're 50 years old this morning, if you're 15 years old this morning, if you're 80 years old this morning, uh, you ought to just go ahead and lay your head down before God and say, I am your servant. I want you to use me. You've been better to me than anything I could have done on my own. And whatever you want, I am willing to give it to you if that's what you want. I'm your servant. I'm your servant. Come to the piano. Young ladies, God wants you. Would you lay yourself down on an altar and say, God, take me. I'm yours. I surrender all. Paul, a servant. Young men, God wants you. He wants you. He don't want your leftover. He don't want the end. He wants you right now. You'd be willing to lay yourself on the altar and say, God, I'm yours. I'm yours. I don't have to live in the life that my parents and forefathers lived because they brought me out of that when they went with you. The Bible said if a man had a wife, he got to take her with him. He came to the master with a wife, he got to take her with him. But what about this? If he come to the master because he had such a debt he couldn't pay, and he was poor and in poverty, and he sold himself into slavery, and he brought along with him a wife and children, and they come out of that dirt floor, poor poverty and slavery, and they lived in that home as servants to a wealthy man. And them children grow up and say, because my daddy became a servant of that wealthy man, I never had to live in what he had to live in. I never had to know what he had to know. My mom and daddy seen some dark days before they met the master. <laughs> but I don't remember them. I was two or three years old, somebody might say, when daddy met the master. <laughs> I wasn't born another might say when daddy met the master I heard how bad it was 
but I wasn't even around. But all I've ever known is living in the master's house. And if it's good enough for daddy, if it's good enough for mama, I've never been drunk, I've never been on drugs, but if it was good enough for them, I'll lay my ear down on the altar too and give myself to the master. Servant. Hey, some husbands and wives just need to get down here together. Lock arms. We started this thing together. Let's give it to God one more time together. And let's go with God. So mamas and daddies, just go ahead and give him what you got. I'm going to tell you something this morning. I am done preaching. You ain't ever going to fix it on your own. Well, we're going, to, we're going to get our act together and then we're going to start doing right. We're going to get our money together and then we're going to start doing right. We're going to get our, our situation together and then we're going to start doing right. Have you not learned yet you don't know how to get anything together? Have you not learned yet you're not good at getting it together? You're going to make a mess that's bigger than the mess you're in if you're still trying to do it on your own. How about you get your money and you get your mess and you get your stuff and you bring it to an altar and say, I don't know what to do with any of it, so here it is, God. I'll serve you with it. Let's stand this morning. She's going to play and sing. Let's, let's, let's bring ourselves to the Lord. Let's offer our lives to God.